Koppel, host of the Time for Coffee podcast, where you get firsthand career advice into the jobs and industries that interest you the most. And before we start today's show, I have a quick favor to ask you. If you haven't already, I'd be incredibly grateful if you give us a rating and a review on iTunes. And if you're like me, you need to do it now because you'll forget later and because it's the best way to help others who may be in search of career advice to find this free resource. So press pause if you haven't done it and do it right now. I'll wait. Thanks so much and enjoy today's show. Hey there, Java Junkies. Welcome to another K-Cup mini episode of Time for Coffee. By the way, K-Cups come in three sizes, single, double, and triple shots, or roughly one minute, five minutes, or ten minutes in length. So if you don't have time to throw back an entire caffeinated career conversation, these K-Cup mini episodes of T4C can give you a quick caffeinated fix, whether you're on the go or you only have a few minutes to binge. So grab your mug and take a chug, because it's time for a caffeinated career triple shot K-Cup with my guest, Dominic Vogel. Dominic, welcome to Time for Coffee. Are you still caffeinated on your tea and ready to go? (laughs) You bet. I'm uh, all amped up. Fantastic. Well, as I said, it is early August 2021. I am on the East Coast of the U.S. You are in North America, but up in the beautiful British Columbia of Western Canada. How is the weather now in B.C.? It's been a lovely summer. You know, this is the time of year that we wait for all year, so I am happy you're catching me on a very good day. <laughs> oh, wonderful. So do you live in the city or are you out in the burbs? So we live about 35 minutes east of Vancouver. Oh, God. I have to tell you, Vancouver is one of my all-time favorite cities. Spectacular. I know I'm biased because I grew up here, but I'm very thankful to have grown up here and and live here and have my kids grow up here. It is pretty special. (laughs) It is. And especially if you're a skier, an outdoors lover, I had the great pleasure a while ago, unfortunately, but to take the train from Vancouver to Whistler to ski there for some spring skiing one year. And it was just beyond anything I had experienced before. That's a heck of a corridor trip there from Vancouver to Whistler. Probably among the most scenic drives out there. <laughs> yes. Well, let's leave the scenic outdoors and move into <laughs> the world of cybersecurity that exists out there in the ether. And, you know, Dom, we hear so much about the importance of cybersecurity nowadays. And I, for one, I know it's hard to pick up the paper any day or look at it online without seeing a news report about cyber attacks. And I read on your company's website that cyber attacks are happening now at an unprecedented rate and that there had been, you use the number 300% increase in cyber crime since the pandemic started in early 2020. How can that be? Really what we're seeing cyber crime just, just continually evolved to the point where cybercrime has actually surpassed the drug trade as being the preferred crime of choice by criminal syndicate organizations right across the world. It's safer, it's more profitable, it's scalable, and they can commit these crimes anywhere in the world. They 
can be somewhere in the middle of the, you know, some remote island in the Pacific, as long as they have an internet connection, you know. So it's very much firmly given the rise, like I said, of cybercrime within the world right now. I think it very much speaks to the fact that we have, and this has been something which has been 20, 25 years in the making to be at this point. Did the fact that millions of us went from working in an office, maybe where cybersecurity firewalls or whatever would be the case were more firmly in place to working from home where maybe they were not. Did that contribute to this rise? To a degree. I mean, now all of a sudden you have a very decentralized workforce and we, you know, especially with the concepts and paradigms like working from anywhere, we're going to see that happen more and more. So I think that has somewhat splintered, let's just say the security ecosystem <laughs> before people were, like a better term, I guess, more moderately protected with more traditional security technologies and approaches. Now, with these new paradigms, they're not necessarily as well protected. So I think that has helped fuel the, the rise and focus on cybercrime as well. Who are these cyber criminals? Are they the guy with the hoodie in the basement? Are they, and I should say the most, who are the most prevalent cyber criminals? Is it the individual? Are they state actors? Are these like drug rings, that type of thing that maybe you're or outside the state? There are nation state actors that every state, you know, whether that be on the quote unquote good side, whether that be the US, Western Europe, what have you, I mean, they are state actors as well, but even nefarious sides, whether that be Russia, Iran, North Korea, China, right? at the nation state level, they are investing in, I'd say, perform more along the lines of cyber espionage. It's not quite cyber crime. But let's say from a private sector perspective, you know, every single criminal syndicate organization and a massive criminal syndicate organizations throughout the world, right? North America, South America, Europe, anywhere where there are people, criminal organizations exist. Right? And that's been true since the days of ancient Egypt, right? That, that's nothing new there per se. What is new, though, is that there's a new venue for committing crimes. And these criminal syndicate organizations see the opportunity in that. And they've invested heavily in being able to commit these scalable crimes throughout the world. How would you describe cyber attacks? What does a cyber attack look like? It means different things and can mean different things to different people. Some of the more common cyber attacks, I'll just run through some of the more common scenarios right now. So one is a data breach. So that's where sensitive information, sensitive data, whether it be sensitive business information or client or customer data is stolen. And if it's stolen, that means then as an organization, you may need to declare a privacy breach, a security breach, you may be slapped with regulatory fines, you may be hit with a class action lawsuit by your shareholders or your employees, not properly protecting your data. So that's one particular example of a cyber attack. Another one could be what's referred to as ransomware. Ransomware is where your IT systems and your data are held for ransom. It's basically almost like the kidnapping of the 21st century. Right? They've kidnapped your key systems and IT and business systems and data. In order to regain access to that, you have to pay a ransom. Ransomware is probably one of the, it's almost like a digital wildfire. It's just running rampant in small and mid-sized organizations throughout the world. So that's another example of a very common cyber attack that we're seeing right now. Wow, that is fascinating. I also read on your website, and we touched on this in the Espresso Shots episode that we just finished recording. And by the way, check out show notes for this episode to see if Dominic's Espresso Shots episode dropped. That's the one where we get into how you can break into this industry if you're interested. But you say on your website, Dom, that 43% of cyber attacks are actually targeting 
small organizations, not the big ones, and that 60% of small businesses won't recover from these attacks, don't recover from these attacks, and end up going out of business after about six months. Why is that? It speaks to the level of unpreparedness at the small and mid-sized business level. Most enterprises, and let's say Fortune 500 companies, are very well prepared to deal with cyber risk and have fairly extensive cybersecurity capabilities. It's because they've been a target for many more years than the small and mid-sized businesses. It's only been within the past 10 years or so where small and mid-sized businesses have, as they've become increasingly more online, more digitized, undergone digital transformation, did they come to the forefront? And now all of a sudden, you know, cyber criminals are realizing that there's a whole bunch of small and mid-sized organizations that they can basically digitally break into at a fraction of the cost compared to breaking into a enterprise organization and still be able to reap the same rewards. You know, I think about it almost like uh, if you're a car thief and you're looking in a crowded parking lot. Sure, there's going to be the supercars like the Ferraris and what have you that you could break into, but they are all under lock and key and have you know, state-of-the-art security systems to prevent them from being stolen. But there's a ton of other cars, which may not be as fancy, but they still provide some value on the black market if they're stolen. And they're not, these cars likely don't even have their doors locked. Right. So that's sort of the analogy that, that, that I give with where we are right now, where I mean, small and mid-sized businesses, cyber criminals are just chomping at the bit because they provide incredible value from a theft perspective. And they're not, like I said, they're not very well protected or secured. And that's usually because in terms of the value, because of the ransomware, because of the... Because, yes, exactly. Ransomware right now is probably the most common way that cybercrime is monetized or that criminals are monetizing by exploiting on a lack of cybersecurity at an organization. Thanks for tuning in to this K-Cup mini episode of Time for Coffee. If you want to listen to our entire caffeinated career conversation, please check out the show notes for this episode. Thanks so much for listening to this latest episode of T4C. And if you're interested in learning more about my coaching services for confused college students and recent grads, feel free to check out the Time for Coffee website under the coaching tab at time, the number four, coffee.org or text me at 202-236-5712. That's 202-236-5712. Thank you.